Hello guys and welcome to the LGBTQ STEMcast. In today's episode, we'll be talking with Austin. Join us as we discuss Drag Race, Science Illustration, and Zoology. Hey Austin, how's your quarantine been? So it's it's been pretty good. Uh, I'm not able to go collect my data for my master's, but I'm trying to keep sane, so all other aspects pretty good. So what are you doing to keep yourself busy during this period of time? So right now I've actually got a lot going um, considering I can't do a whole lot on my, on my thesis work because uh, it requires collections and given uh, COVID that's not working. Uh, so what I'm doing a lot of right now is manuscript work. So I have a few um, data sets from undergrad that I'm working on and actually getting published. Uh, we actually have um, I have a paper going with a friend who's at U Victoria right now. Um, that paper actually just got confirmed and it's in the peer review process and I'm working on another one. Uh, that's my own stuff too. That's great. So you're finding ways to keep yourself busy even if you can't do your thesis work. That's amazing. It's, it's been kind of hard for everybody, I believe, since for me especially, I'm an undergrad, so you know we can't go to our labs, so classes don't feel the same. I just kind of feel like I'm in high school again, just learning theory and theory and theory and not seeing any applications to it. But I obviously do get that the situation kind of recalls us to stay home and not you know, be able to do our experiments in labs. So that's kind of staff for everybody. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I am a second year master's student uh, based at the University of Calgary. I uh, am a I would consider myself a zoologist slash paleontologist. Uh, I would prefer kind of zoologist more just because I'm, I'm interested in things both dead and alive. Um, a lot of my thesis work is, is based on uh, kind of extinct and extant being a living uh, species uh, of hooved mammals and, and, and their teeth specifically. I, I focus a lot on, on mammalian teeth. That's kind of a theme in our lab. So, yeah, that's um, essentially my, my master's aspect. And uh, other than that, I've been living in Calgary pretty much my whole life. So yeah, I'm pretty much here for the next little while, at least. That's nice. That's such an interesting topic. You know, I usually don't see a lot of people interested in teeth, I guess. Um, specifically in Puerto Rico here, kind of our focuses are very, like, I guess, basic, specifically in undergrad. And since my institution is an undergrad only, that's kind of the only perspective I have right now. So when you mentioned that at first, I was like, whoa, you know, so what brought you to that specific research topic? So it's, it's a bit of a story. So when I was, a, this is a little starting when I was a kid. So when I was a kid, my parents would take me to the zoo essentially. And, and I would look at the tiger enclosure for, I don't know how many hours. And my parents would just be like, okay, we got to like take him away at some point. Uh, but essentially that, that led into me as a kid always being like, yeah, I'm going to study zoology, even though I didn't really know what zoology meant at that point. I knew it was like animals. Um, uh, and, and that was essentially the direction I wanted to go. But when I started to get kind of the directionality towards, um, zoology and then kind of like the paleo aspect of things was in my undergrad, I actually attended an open house, um, which my current supervisor, Dr. Jessica Theodore, uh, presented a little bit on her work, which was uh, paleontological based. Uh, she has a kind of locality or formation out in Saskatchewan that she works on a bit. And she showed this this fossil of a, of a brontothere ulma, which is basically 
a hoofed mammal that lived, uh, I, don't, I can't even remember the number now because I, I don't work on that specific group. Um, but essentially it, it was this fossil and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, but at the time I was actually also taking her course in invertebrate zoology. And I essentially had a, an academic crush on her. She was like such a titan in the field. And she was she is an amazing person in, in the community in terms of just paleontology and in terms of understanding diversity, inclusion, everything. Uh, so I wanted to talk to her in order to like maybe get into some research with her. And uh, I the only thing I really came up with when I went to talk to her, I wanted to talk about to her about monotremes. Um, and I was like, so I really like platypuses. And that was the full stop of the sentence. And she was like, <laughs> okay, uh, what about them do you like? And I am the most awkward person in terms of like meeting someone that's like above me. Uh, so we ended up chatting a little bit, but I ended up actually just asking, like, I would be like super interested in, in kind of joining your lab. And regardless of the project, I just, I just kind of want to be part of your team. So she said, yeah, absolutely. Um, we can definitely sit down and talk about, about things. So from that moment forward, I met um, my co-supervisor, uh, Craig Scott, who is at the Royal Terrell Museum uh, for my undergrad thesis, which ended up being the manuscript that I'm working on myself. Um, basically looking at using, uh, this, is, this is a tongue twister word, but geometric morphometrics, which is a, a complex term for fancy shape math, essentially using math in order to quantify how shape changes um, over different, over uh, various species, taxa, what, whatever level you kind of want to go at. Um, and these uh, extinct group of mammals called multi-tuberculates. And that name, and it was, I, the common theme with paleontology is really, really long names um, because that's why not name things with at least five syllables to confuse people? Uh, so essentially this group of multi-tuberculates is the longest lived, known lived group of mammals. They're extinct now, um, but they are a, um, their family tree is, is very unresolved. And what I mean by unresolved is basically we don't really know how certain species are related to one another. So the traditional literature for, for that aspect was related to, um, um, how shape varied across these different teeth. Uh, and there was this recent paper that looked at how size might have actually influenced and they suggest that size might be better for distinguishing between these species. So this is kind of like the long-winded way of, of me saying that I eventually got into this, this honors thesis project by just kind of showing up to a uh, open house, uh, a zoology open house and, and asked a really dumb question about a platypus. That's amazing because, you know, I kind of always forget that platypus exists because I don't hear about them often. So I have to recall in my memory, I'm like, what does a platypus look like? And the first thing that came to my mind is Perry the platypus from Phineas and Ferb. Mm -hmm. That's why it was, it was super funny to me. So besides biology, did you, you know, zoology in general, did you ever consider a different field? Um, I don't, I think I was pretty set as a, from, from a kid. Again, like I said, I didn't really know what was fully entailed in zoology besides it being animals and I knew in, in high school I definitely wanted to uh, pursue a, a zoology degree and I actually sat down I remember this one morning it was like in the fall of like bio 12 which is essentially the grade 12 level of, of, of biology 
for students here. And I remember talking to my teacher and she was like, do, what do you want to do eventually for, because uh, I was like really close with this teacher. She honestly probably prepared me for uh, my academic life more than any other teacher besides my post-secondary teachers. And I was like, you know, I, I might want to like teach at, at the post-secondary level. And she was like, that's a goal, uh, but I, I think you can do it. Uh, it's going to take a lot of effort, but yeah. So I think there was always kind of like this drive to know more about about zoology and and i think it's really just knowing all the animal facts that is is one thing that i really like about about zoology um i am hella fun at parties because i just whip out some random fact that uh, people are just like wait so the testes on marsupials are ahead of the penis wow that's that's just real <laughs> what <laughs> so yeah stuff like that yeah, I completely understand. You know, I've had a period in time that I thought I was going to be a doctor. That's why I usually ask this question because I'm always surprised as the amount of people that say they want to be doctors and then they end up switching. That's a common theme I've noticed in the podcast, specifically when I'm interviewing biologists from any other, you know, field. I recently had a student tell me, "Yeah, I was going to I wanted to be a doctor." But then I took bio one and then we started talking about the body systems and I realized I don't like body systems. So I was like, so you thought you wanted to be a doctor, but you don't like the human body. And I thought that was super funny. So I personally find zoology interesting because of the whole aspect of seeing, you know, the different species of animals that you said and knowing animal facts sounds amazing. That's something I'm probably going to start doing now because as you said, that sounds hella fun at parties. So did you ever, you know, like any other fields when you were in university? When you, I don't know if you took chemistry or anything like that. Did you find those fields interesting? And did you ever think of thought about switching to those? Uh, so I would say that I had kind of an inkling towards, I was always kind of centered in biological sciences, um, but I was kind of wavering between getting a double degree in, in ecology as well and kind of like, maybe I could put another year on and then add that degree in there too. Cause ecology and zoology in our department really kind of shared a lot of core courses. So I would have had to do like a field course, I think, um, and a few other courses as well. Uh, so I think I tried chemistry in first year. And once I had the titrations, I was like, if I have to drop another drop of phenothaline in my life, I will break things. So I think that was that was kind of the moment that I decided I'm not going to be a chemist. Oh, actually, it was OCHEM. OCHEM, I had to take um, because obviously that makes sense for zoologists. I mean, there's probably implications. I just don't know them. I haven't used an OCHEM in, in my experience yet. But essentially, I remember this one time I had really messed up like an extraction or something like that in OCHEM. And my TA came up to me and he literally said he he. He said, uh, you're not very good at this, are you? And I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So I think that was the point in time that I was like, okay, we're definitely not doing chemistry. Geology was, was another thing, though, because um, we actually, um, at, at U Calgary, you have the option of doing either a computer science course, a geology course, or like physics as um, you have to take like two first year courses in one of those at least in order to get the degree. Uh, and I decided to do geology and um, certain aspects of that uh, I, I found really cool because they really linked into ideas of, of biology. So when you go back to ideas like Lyell, where we're looking at uniformity, 
utilitarianism where we're looking at the laws of how kind of the earth is laid out and so much of that is integrated into biology in general i think that's why i kind of gravitated towards geology a little bit too because i was like this is really cool so maybe and lo and behold i'm kind of at the threshold of biology and geology which is paleontology so i think that kind of blended into my my research a bit there too um with with kind of being interested in geology too but yeah i think geology would probably be the closest one um, other than ecology and basically the bio sci cluster uh, that I might have considered kind of going into, but yeah. Yeah, I completely understand. When that, when you mentioned chemistry, I completely relate. I've been pushing my chemistry classes. I haven't taken chemistry since two semesters ago now, because when the pandemic started, I was taking chemistry one, and that's when we went online. So I finished that, and I was like, I'm not doing another online chemistry ever again. I cried during chemistry one. I do not like chemistry whatsoever at all. So I haven't taken chemistry too. Um, I technically can only push it two semesters more. So I'm hoping that we can go back and take at least the labs in person because I am not trying to do online labs anymore, especially chemistry because chemistry, my department, our school's department in chemistry is kind of, I don't know why they're trying to force us to, you know, take secure tests. Like they want us to turn our cameras on and like, and I do not want them to see my broken ceiling light, so I am not doing that. So, and I always think if you're, if anybody's gonna cheat, they're gonna cheat either way. Whoever wants to learn is gonna learn, and who doesn't want to learn, it's not gonna learn. There's no need to force us. You know, I I'm paying for the degree. I'm well, not me. The government is paying for it, but you know, I signed up for something. So it's kind of a weird situation that I'm in. So that's why I haven't moved on in chemistry, and I'm not excited. Today, one of my friends asked me. So I was sending out my courses. Do you want to take biochemistry with me as an elective? I was like, um, honey, why would I put why would I put myself through another chemistry for pleasure as an elective? No. I thought that was funny. So that's why I kind of mentioned that it was in my mind all day today. So I think you mentioned to me that you also kind of like some sort of science illustration. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so actually that kind of goes into my other area of research, which um, I have my research in, in zoology and, and paleontology, uh, but I also really love the idea of, of research into education uh, at the post-secondary level. So one of the um, education projects that I was actually a part of in my undergrad, again, uh, I was a busy boy, uh, was kind of looking at how students are using scientific illustrations in zoology courses uh, so the first thing when when you when it, uh, you think about scientific illustrations in, in zoology is you kind of compare yourself to anatomical artists that are literally like trained for years and years and years to basically make these really hyper realistic things and you go in and draw something that looks like a foot and uh, you're like okay well I'm terrible at drawing uh, but the project that we were looking at essentially is okay well how do these aspects of, of efficacy and how students perceive their drawings impact how they're they're understanding their their drawings and zoology in general because with zoology uh there's actually a really famous quote that i like to use from that there's a swiss biologist by the name of louis agassi uh and he was alive of, of, I can't remember again. but uh so louis agassi essentially was a uh, biologist who was a Swiss, and he basically said that the pencil is is basically a second eye for a zoologist, um, in the sense that you're paying very careful 
detailed attention to what you're drawing and that's going to allow you to see certain morphological features that you might not have seen just by looking at a fish for example so he there is this famous scenario where he basically brings a fish into the classroom and he tells the students to kind of look at it and say what they see but then he asks them to draw it and then after that the students are like oh actually i noticed the scales in this one place are a little bit different than this other place does that have any meaning uh, so it really kind of draws us attention to this. So this really made us wonder, okay, well, how can we incorporate these, these scientific illustrations into um, the lab and stuff like that? And actually I've been working with a, a really close colleague of mine that I'm, that I'm teaching uh, with again, essentially this semester for invertebrate zoology. And we've kind of developed the labs together. It's, it's a lot of her kind of project and, and her child essentially, uh, but we have incorporated these lab notebooks into, into the lab where typically in a zoology lab, you're walking in and you're seeing these specimens and you're just basically given a list and say, okay, go memorize these things. But we, we, what we've tried to do is, is incorporate these, these illustrations into, into the lab and allow students to actually sit down, draw life cycles and, and try to understand specimens from that aspect so that they can kind of get this more integrative sense and, and get more personal with the specimens. Um, as as personal as you want to get with like dried arachnids and um, insects and all that stuff too but it's that was kind of like the first project is looking at how um, students are using scientific illustrations and how they perceive their drawings so that was a really cool project that i actually presented um, the results at a conference that we held um, on campus uh, at the end of my third year i think uh so that was one of my education projects that i that i really liked yeah yeah that sounds amazing i was actually supposed to take a science illustration course um last semester but since we were online and the professor she's really old and she doesn't know how to work with technology well so that that course was canceled i was so excited you do not know how excited i was for that course i cannot draw as you said i tried to draw a horse and it was like a foot so I was really excited about that because I'm like, okay, I want to learn how to draw. So this is my chance, you know, let me go take science illustration. But something I realized when in the whole process of, you know, looking up the syllabus for that course and everything, I was like, they're putting, you know, so much emphasis on computer science and we're kind of forgetting about some of the, you know, important aspects of science like natural history and as you mentioned, science illustration, because it gives us a different perspective of science, which I, Kind of didn't notice until recently as well when my um, herpetology professor was like okay i know y'all want to start seeing you know pretty lizards and snakes and all that but we're gonna talk about natural history for like three lectures and at first i was like oh history great you know i signed up for another history course that's fun but then i started seeing the implications and how he mentioned that you know science was founded and based on and I kind of saw the importance then of, you know, trying to keep in touch with the basics before going to the applications of science. So that's kind of fun that you mentioned it because that's something that I've had on my head for a while and I haven't found the, the chance to talk about it. So that's kind of fun. So I want to ask you, what's your least favorite animal? Ooh, my least favorite animal. Um... It used to be any arachnid, essentially, so any like spider-related creature. Um, until I took the inverts course that I'm now TAing, uh, 
because I didn't really, I think a lot of fear for people with arachnids is like, they don't understand them. So they're just like, that thing is moving way too fast and has too many legs and too many eyes to be near me. So I think that was kind of like the, the aspect that I didn't like about them uh, at first. But then once I kind of got to understand them, they're just doing their thing. They're, they're helping, uh, you know, keep mosquitoes down and all that stuff. Um, but other than arachnids, I'm not sure if I really have a least favorite animal. I, I think I've gotten to the point in zoology where I just appreciate animals for being animals and I can respect them at a distance and be like, okay, you do your thing. I'll be over here doing my thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I respect that. I personally had a face. I think I mentioned it in one of the first episodes of this podcast that I do not like frogs. I don't like frogs, but I was, I'm taking a herpetology course this semester, but I thought it was going to be a class about pretty snakes and lizards, but I didn't realize the professor is basically focused on cookies and frogs. So I still have yet to see your pretty snakes in that class. So, but I've started to appreciate frogs and now I respect frogs. I think that was karma getting back at me because one of, I think it was the episode Annabelle. I was like, I don't know how people study frogs. That's what I said. And a few months later, I signed up for herpetology thinking it's gonna be pretty snakes. And what do I end up having? Frogs. So now I'm respecting everything. I'm not against studying anything. And also something I've done with this podcast is that I've learned to appreciate different sciences better. Even chemistry, a little bit. I still have that chemistry hate in me, but I've learned to appreciate it more. I've recently talked with um, Jimmy. Jimmy introduced me to the world of parasites, which I never had considered. When Jimmy mentioned that when you study parasites, you're studying an organism and the, the environment of that organism is a whole nother organism. That kind of blew my mind. I was like, like whoa so i've been also considering that but besides that i'm not very i guess in my science career yet i like ecology that's all i know right now and i like plants that's kind of where i'm at right now catch me in a few weeks saying that i like frogs or something we'll see i I switch and flip a lot right now but yeah i had that um thought about how i respect every organism and i've had that thought there i'm like okay they help for something that's why they're here i don't like spiders i do not like spiders i'm afraid of spiders i do not want them near me um but it's kind of a a family thing now all my family's afraid of spiders so i think they pass them down to me because when my aunt sees a spider she starts screaming and yelling like there's a ghost so ever since i was little i saw that and now spiders in my brain are bad so yeah. yeah And there's some big spiders where I live. I live in Puerto Rico. It's hot. There's a lot of mosquitoes here. So, I mean, I don't know about spiders. I don't know if they're like hot or cold. So I'm just assuming. But I see a lot of spiders here. So kind of, you know, a scary place to be at. And I don't have ceiling lights right now. So there could be a spider nearby. So we don't know. And I I don't want to find out. So can you talk a little bit about your plans for the future? Do you plan on staying on academia? Yeah. So I think uh, my plan of... Um, kind of where I want to go is uh, either into the instructor or professor stream um, in, in, educa- in education at post-secondary because like I said uh, I've, I have a real interest in kind of continuing with understanding how people not only learning about zoology but learning how people learn about zoology and ecology and, and, and biology in general 
So I think going for the instructor stream is probably going to be where I end up going um, because I love teaching and, and interacting with students. And I think when I see a student kind of get that light on in their brain where they're like, oh, so this is what you mean when, when you're talking about this and kind of explains it back to me, that's when I know that's kind of like the worthy moment for me. So I feel like that's kind of showed me where I want to go um, in my future. Uh, so I feel like that's kind of the direction. So after my master's, hopefully doing a PhD and then um, maybe a postdoc somewhere else in the world after all of this is over, hopefully. But yeah. That's a good plan. I think that's a good plan. So I, I know you mentioned to me that you like Drag Race. What's, what's your favorite season of Drag Race? Oh, God. Yes. Okay. Season six, uh, because Bianca uh, is my favorite. As soon as you said season six, I knew you were going to mention yeah. Bianca in there. I was like, okay, I love Bianca. She, Which is your least favorite season, though? Ooh. Um, ooh this is a good question. Um, to be entirely honest, I would probably say out of all of them, I honestly don't know if I like season 12 the most. I feel like season 12 was kind of like a meh one for me in comparison to the, the other ones. I think I'm like a queen that's like, mm, maybe I really like the earlier, like six, seven, eight, nine, and then 10. I was like, okay, this is, this is okay. Cause I love Cameron. Uh, and then 11, I was a little unsure. And then 12, I was like, okay, well, I mean, it's all right. Yeah, I completely understand that because for me, the the only highlight of season 12 was Crystal. That was kind yeah. of the only reason I watched season 12 at that point. Crystal was so funny. But other than that, I kind of felt it was a lackluster season to say the least. I love season 10. Aquaria, she's my girl. You know, she replied to my DMs once. I'm not trying to brag, but Aquaria and I are besties. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I know that you perform in Science is a Drag. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So uh over quarantine essentially like i had been obsessed with drag for about a year and a half at that point so uh when it came to about august last uh august this last year uh i was like why don't why don't i just try it i have nothing stopped me i need a new hobby uh because staring at the ceiling listening to music is not a hobby well i guess it is a hobby but i need another hobby so I decided like, you know what, let's, let's just try it. Let's, let's see how it's going to work. And <laughs> my uh, one friend, and actually I have a few friends in, in the local drag scene too, uh, but I, I, uh, I basically went on a Skype call with a few friends from, from high school and also from undergrad. So Dom being one of them, my co-author uh, on the paper that is out for review right now. Um, she actually has a bit of experience in, in drag makeup. So I was the mug the first mug was wow it was interesting uh <laughs> her contour was not good uh anyways so that happened and then after that one i was like i'm a woman obviously so i saw this application on twitter uh for oh yeah we're like calling for acts and i was like do i do it and then this like little voice in the back of my head is just like fuck it just do it just put an application in we can figure out what's going to happen and this is before i had like lashes this is before i had like anything associated with that would be kind of okay drag it's a good thing it was online uh but anyways so essentially 
I hadn't heard anything for, for a little while. And it seemed like, okay, yeah, obviously they didn't pick like the first person who kind of is, is very rookie at this and, and obviously doesn't have a lot of experience. But uh, then I get a kind of email at the, I think it was like two or three weeks before uh, Sciences of Drag happened uh, being like, oh, we just had a cancellation and you were the next one up. And I was like, Rip. okay. Uh, so then I decided, okay, well, what am I going to do? Uh, and then I decided I was going to, for my kind of performance or a little bit, I was going to do a little bit of a roast, um, for just some like general, uh, celebrities, but involving, uh, kind of walking people through the vertebrate tree of life, essentially. So started off, um, just as an example, uh, with, uh, the invertebrates because invertebrates are kind of like the major outgroup for all of, all of vertebrates. Uh, and basically the phylogeny or basically family tree for invertebrates is a mess. Like we don't know a good, how certain groups are related to other groups. So basically I equated that to Jeffrey Gore Chapman's eyeshadow on season one of Canada's drag race. Uh, so that was one of my digs and uh, I was really proud of that one. And then essentially I like went on and on uh, basically saying how sometimes sharks teeth look like Steve Buscemi, uh, you know, in some certain situations. But yeah, so I, it was so fun to make and just like the character that, that I made, like, well, Twilacine is, is my drag, drag name, um, like Thylacine, the extinct marsupial wolf um, that was in the Twitter news a little while ago because people were uh, suggesting that they found it, but it was, it turned out to be a, a, a panda melon or something like that, which is another marsupial. But anyway, so I got excited for that. But anyways, my drag name is, is Twilacine and it was so fun to kind of just like put on this, 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 this character and just like read people. Because like I said, Bianca is like my favorite because she just digs into people and just that level of drag I think is, is really cool in terms of, well, not just like digging into people, but having the witty nature to like kind of read people. But yeah, I, I really like that aspect of drag and and the artistry of it as well is, is just amazing. So I figured I might as well give it a shot. And then I ended up on, on science as a drag. And the funny thing is, is I was actually teaching when the live stream was happening. Uh, so essentially I, <laughs> I had um, uh, my students kind of on my, my laptop here and then I had a monitor um, up behind and I was basically kind of going around breakout rooms. I was teaching biostatistics at, at, at the second, essentially kind of just watching um, students and like answering questions. And then all of a sudden my act comes up and I'm like, shit, uh, here we go. Uh, and then people were like rioting uh, in the comments. And I was like, oh damn, okay. I'm actually kind of okay at this. Um, it, like I said, it was a good thing that I was just like a little icon up in the in the corner screen, so nobody could look at my makeup <laughs> details. But uh, yeah, it was it was a really fun experience. I was supposed to have a drag debut in my college because they did the LGBTQ association in my campus did like a drag night and invited some queens from the local scene, and then they asked one of my friends who's a drag queen and that friend was like, oh, I know you want to try drag. This is your chance. I bought makeup and everything and then I got scared so I didn't do it. I regret it now because, you know, that sounded like so much fun. I was going to borrow a wig and everything. I was so ready. I bought makeup but then I got too scared because I was like, I have a lab afterwards. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I have class before yeah. this. I am not going in full drag to take my humanities class but I regret it again because I'm like, 
you know, that would have been so much fun. And who knows what I could have been doing now instead of just playing on my PlayStation and doing lab reports the day before they do. You know what I mean? So I'm glad you had that experience. Do you have any other hobbies outside of STEM? Uh, so I really like, I am, like I said, I'm in Calgary, so I like getting out to the mountains anytime I can. Um, I went on a backpacking trip a few years ago. It was the first one I, that I went on, but I'm, I got all the gear for Christmas this one year and, and decided like, this is something that I was going to do. So I went on a trip with, with friends into, into the backcountry and it was really nice. Um, and the amount of like wildlife we encountered was amazing. We encountered everything from um, grizzlies, essentially grizzly bears uh, from a distance, uh, especially like a mom and the, and the cub as well. Uh, so that was really cool. Uh, we also encountered a black bear, uh, um, another black bear, and then we also encountered marmots. And marmots you think are like really cute and like they're funny because they like scream a lot. Um, but it's all fun and games until they try stealing your hiking poles. Uh, so this, this kind of has a story to it as well. I was, uh, so essentially it was one of the last days that we were kind of in, in the back country and I was kind of packing up my tent and I was going down to this, the, the little water place where we were having breakfast. Uh, so I was like down there making my oatmeal and then all of a sudden I hear someone screaming my name from like up where we were camping and I was like, what what what's what's the matter we're literally in the middle of nowhere why are why are you screaming my name and then like walk up to the uh to the tent area and then all of a sudden i see this little brown thing uh running away from my tent uh and i was like what what's that and then all of a sudden one of the other uh backpackers was like chasing after it and a marmot was literally trying to take my full extended like hiking pole away from from the tent and i was like okay well that that was a choice and then i ended up like getting it back because these marmots are are unfortunately they're habituated to humans so they'll like come up and like try to um, get like food or or anything that's really shiny i guess uh so we essentially had to get the the poles back and they had chewed all the rubber stuff off so i was like my hands are almost like bleeding on the way back because i was like ah this is great um not ideal but yeah that's always like the fun story to say uh is that marmots are not trustworthy with hiking equipment but yeah i i really like getting out yeah i did not know that you know i didn't know that when i think marmots i think like cute yeah. like fluffy so that's kind of new to me news um as i mentioned i live in puerto rico so we don't have like any funny animals here we have like snakes and cookies and frogs i guess but yeah so i kind of feel like i have so much of the world to see and every time i talk to somebody in the podcast here i literally learn something new every single episode it's like mind-blowing to me how much i don't know as a person and how much i can learn so that's kind of something that i always think about because i've learned so much about fish parasites birds that i never thought i would you know I recently learned there's a fish, I forgot the species name, but that as the fish gets older, like one of the eyes transfers oh, to the yeah. other side. It's kind of that weird, I was like mind blown as well as with the parasites, even plants. I went into undergrad thinking I was going to be a doctor. And whenever I saw that I was going to take botany, I was like, ew, I have to take plants. Look at me now, studying plants. You know what I mean? So. There's so much. Now I don't say I don't like anything because I've 
you probably seen by now. Every time I say I don't like something, I end up in that specific subject. So from now on, I'm gonna just manifest the good things and just not say anything about things I don't like. But yeah, do you feel your identity as queer has affected any any of your professional career? Uh, honestly, I don't think so. So um, I actually didn't really even come out till my third year of undergrads. I come from a really small town in, in rural Alberta. I guess it's not small anymore. It's Oaks Oaks. Uh, and I didn't really know I was a really different uh, until I kind of engaged in a lot of kind of university. Uh, I, when I when I met my friend, essentially I started to realize things were happening in, in university because I started surrounding myself with people who, who kind of appreciated uh, diversity. And it's not to say that my family doesn't appreciate diversity. It's just um, from a very small place, you kind of don't have a lot to go off of. Uh, in terms of what's really around you. So I didn't really know anything was different with me until I got to university. And with that aspect of, of kind of like coming out a bit later in life, I was, was I'm kind of having my, I guess, queer puberty um, as, as we kind of speak and through quarantine, that that's a ride. Uh, so essentially, I don't think it's really impacted my career that much. And I'm trying to actually almost <laughs> almost incorporate it to, to my career because I don't think the two should really be separate. Uh, so a lot of my um, students will know uh, that I often post like drag race gifts uh, in like assignments. If I do like really well, I post the, the, the gif of Michelle Visage going like, yes, get it. Uh, or another uh, drag race meme, or I'll put it in the slides essentially for a presentation. I literally put a, a the drag race stuff of Shangela doing like the, what, like what's going on here uh, in my 601 seminar that got, that got presented to the entire um, faculty of, of like ecology, evolutionary biology. So I think I'm kind of becoming more comfortable with integrating it as, as part of, of who I am as well, because I, I don't, yeah, it's coming from a small town where I kind of didn't really know I was different to, to where I'm at now. I think integrating the two is, is, is a really is really the way to go because it, it's it's part of who I am. And I, I think that should kind of come out into professional, not not really be hidden uh, in that aspect. So. Yeah, I completely understand that. Specifically, when you said that you try to incorporate both of them, that's kind of what I'm trying to achieve with you know, my professional career as well. That's why I kind of started this whole podcasting project. So it's kind of, you know, too late now to back out in a sense, but I found it very rewarding because it also provides a way for people to, that don't feel comfortable to feel a bit more comfortable because I've had people DM the podcast Twitter saying that they kind of feel a little bit more relieved seeing so much queer identity and STEM because we've had over 300 people sign up to be a part of the podcast that's what's kind of so difficult to keep up with every single person because i want to share every story i can but it's not physically possible to record 300 episodes so it's kind of that but i also try to create a sense of community in the queer scene in stem i guess we have a discord we have 
drag race group chats. So I think I should add you to one of those. We have group chats that we talk about drag race with other scientists every Friday. Streaming drag race with them, it's so fun. Shout out to them. Simone stands. That's what the group chat is called because we stand Simone. And also Denali. Denali is the queen of the season. But it's kind of a fun, fun way to also create that sense of community and give people the idea that it's kind of okay to be different in a way and that's yeah. what creates that makes us unique so that's kind of a fun idea so i'm gonna shoot the anticipated section of favorite things all right as i mentioned to you i'm gonna ask you what's your favorite blank you have to answer you know with the first thing that comes to your mind you you cannot say two you have to say just one thing okay so i'm gonna start are you ready Okay, go ahead. Yeah. What's your favorite music album? Uh, Melodrama. What's your favorite drag queen besides Bianca? Damn, okay. <laughs> uh, honestly, I'm a real fan of Rosé this season. Uh, she is really kind of... Ooh, okay. Getting get your peace with that. Ooh! <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> As Tatiana would say, choices. <laughs> and what's the best rusical that you've seen on Drag Race so far? And you cannot, you better not say this season's rusical. No, I'm not going to. Uh, it's going to be All Stars 2, the, the women of the first three, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. That, that's, I think that's a correct choice. I think that's yeah. a correct choice. So, last one. Canada's Drag Race or UK's Drag Race Season 1? Canada's Drag Race Season 1, I think. If it were UK Season 2, I would would probably say that, but um, yeah. And leading on to that, the last question, which is, which was your favorite drag queen from Canada's Drag Race? There's only one right answer to this one. Mm. <laughs> I oh, I don't know how to choose. Uh, well, my one friend would kill me for not saying lemon, but I have to go with Jimbo. So this is my. I agree with your friend. Okay, let me just say mm, that lemon, okay. iconic, superior, legend. Well, it was a great chat, Austin. I don't know if there's anything you would like to say. Um, I just wanted to say thanks for having me on the podcast. And uh, yeah, it was a really great time to kind of be on and talk about um, all the things we talked about, a little bit about zoology in in general. So thank you. Yeah, um, as I always do. I'm going to link your social media down below and also we'll link it to the promo. So if anybody wants to follow you, talk about drag race or zoology, you know, they're free to reach out to you. And we're also going to be posting some of your work whenever you send us papers, whenever that new paper gets published, you better send it to us because we want to share that to the world. For sure. So I don't know if there's any last thoughts you would like to give to the audience, any advice to young scientists? So for advice to young scientists, I would say don't, um, don't be afraid to, I know it's intimidating to kind of go and talk to people and especially being um, a 
kind of queer in, in a scientific and academic space can feel intimidating at times. But don't be afraid to reach out to professors that you think will be receptive. Uh, I, that is one of the reasons that I'm still in academia is because my supervisor was that person for me. She really understood me and, and my background and really accepted me as a person. So really, I think reach out um, and, and talk to people uh, is whether that's a professor, whether that's a friend, um, you, you have to kind of have that support group to to make sure that academia is is, is not a struggle because there are people that will be there for you for sure. Well, thank you so much for being here, Austin. It was a great chat. Yes, no problem. Thank you for having me. <laughs>